On this week's episode of The Story They Tell, we're going to be talking about why anime is maybe one of the best forms of media to tell a story. We're also going to be talking about where to start with anime. What are some recommendations that I can give you to uh, get yourself into, into the weeb life? And finally, we're going to be talking about my journey as I continue to watch One Piece. All this and more coming up. Hello, my name is David Shire, and welcome back to The Story They Tell, and uh, hope that everybody had a happy and safe 4th of July. I wish I could say that I had a happy and safe 4th of July, but, uh, well, it was still pretty happy. It definitely wasn't safe, though. <laughs> so, anyway, jumping right into it, uh, what happened to me this 4th of July is that I ended up using this app called Meetup. It's what I use instead of using, like, Bumble or Hinge, even though I still use those, too. I mean, <laughs> let's, not, let's, not, let's not get crazy here with the accusations, but anyway, I use this app called Meetup, and uh, it was the 4th of July, my family is all kind of like doing their own thing. So I decided to do uh, some meetup groups, meet like new friends, new strangers in Seattle. So I ended up going to uh, this one meetup group that was a board game meetup. And it was super fun. Like I had a really good time. Uh, We ended up playing a lot of social strategy games, which uh, if you don't know what those are, they're games kind of like Mafia or Werewolf. Uh, where each player is assigned a role, either the townsperson, which is the good guys, or a secret role like Mafia, which is the bad guys. And we ended up playing this game called Resistance, where same thing, where it's like the good guys are the resistance and the bad guys are the spies. And uh, I used my patented strategy of uh, teaming up with one person and then kind of using that person to uh, manipulate everybody else or or really hyper-focus in on that person. Uh, I was a spy both times. I was completely evil. Uh, and the second time I was able to use this person, I think his name was Shin- Shinika. Uh, I can't quite remember because of what happened later on in the day. Uh, but anyway, I used I used my friendship that I kind of built with him over the first round in, into the second round where I ended up using him to manipulate, get me on missions, and then uh, cause complete catastrophe for the resistance. All in all, I would say that was a 10 out of 10 experience. Definitely would do again on the 4th of July. But anyway, so I go to this board game place and then afterwards I decide that I need to go to, um, I wanted to go to a park. I wanted to go see, uh, some fireworks go off. So I go to this park with another meetup group. And honestly, overall, I would say that it started off a bit awkward. You know, everybody's trying to get to meet each other. Everybody's kind of eating each other's food, even though I feel kind of like a, I feel kind of bad not bringing anything because uh, I, I, I just didn't think to bring anything. So I was totally, I was totally munching on these chips that somebody else brought. And I, I was feeling like a total cheapskate. But uh, what can you do? Anyway, so we're, we're doing this. And then all of a sudden, like uh, this football comes out and we decide to uh, play a game of two touch football. Uh, which is a game where you play football, but instead of like horrifically tackling each other, you instead put two hands on a person and then you're considered out, right? So that's that's the way that the game is supposed to be played at at, at this at this level. Now, uh, I'm not I'm not quite. I was never the athlete in high school. A lot of that had to do with. Um, with kind of the situation I had going on at home with my brother. My brother, if you don't know, um, has autism. So every every day after school, I would make sure to go home to my brother and make sure that somebody was watching over him. So I really didn't have much time for extracurricular activities. But anyway, so all that to say this, I was not a football player uh, growing up in high school. I've never been hit in the face uh, all that much. Um, I've never broken a bone in my body. And so what ended up happening uh, was, is that I ended up, I ended up playing this game of two-touch football, and I don't, I don't remember exactly when it happened, but I do remember being on the ground, and I remember my entire, like my entire left side of my face feeling like so much pain, and I, I remember, I remember getting up, 
and getting an ice pack from somebody. I think it was uh, it was Dan. Uh, it might have been. Uh, and luckily, Dan was a physician, and so he ended up he ended up checking me on me to see like if I was like if I had a concussion. And he uh, through doctor recommendation, he said that I did have a mild concussion. And it took me it took me a bit. Like I've never. I, again, I've never felt that kind of pain before, and, it, and I've never experienced any sort of brain injury, and it really, it really did feel, feel like a, a like a unique experience. Like I felt like I was in a dream that I, I, and I couldn't remember exactly how I got there, but like I, it felt like it felt like I was in a dream, but I was still awake. If that makes any sense. Cause, and I was definitely feeling a loss of time. Like there's times where I was like checking my phone. And I was like, Oh, it's seven. <laughs> like, yeah. Oh, it's eight. Like, I, like that's how it would feel. And uh, luckily I was able to walk around. I was kind of able to uh, quote, walk it off. <laughs> so, and uh, I ended up, I ended up leaving the park a little bit earlier than I ex- anticipated because um, as soon as I felt like good enough to drive, I was like, all right, I'm going to drive home. I don't want to make, I want to make sure that I go home before it gets dark. And uh, I asked Dan about it. Uh, he said it was okay. And so I ended up making my way home. And uh, this fourth, last 4th of July will forever be known as the 4th of July where David got concussed. So <laughs> that's that's how I'm going to remember it or not remember it. I don't know. Maybe maybe the concussion was really bad. And I, I'm just making up this story. No, this actually happened. But anyway, moving on, we're actually going to go into the meat and bones of what this podcast was supposed to be about. I just thought I'd share that story with you to kind of uh, keep in in touch with the good old days, you know? But anyway, I wanted to talk today, this week, and storytelling about anime and about my thoughts on anime as a storytelling medium. Now, if you don't know who me and uh, you don't you don't uh, know what I'm like, I love, I love stories. I love any type of story. And that means that I will literally experience, like if it's a TV show, a movie, uh, a book, uh, if you recommend it to me because it has an amazing story, I will 100% check it out. Like there is no discrimination. And so for a long time though, I will say that I did, I did feel like a nerd for liking uh, anime, like as much as I did. And there's good reason for that because there is a lot of nerds in the anime community. I'm sorry, but it's just, it's true right there is a reputation where if you watch anime you are a total weeb you are uh not an outcast of society but people look at you differently when you say like oh yeah i watch i watch anime right like th- there's a there's a definite uh there's a definite uh accusational looks that i get whenever i uh, bring that up to people and uh, not in seattle so much so but if i ever went to like uh, I don't know, the south <laughs> I, I feel like i would experience that uh, a little bit more but anyway so so I kind of wanted to talk about like the pros and cons of anime. I wanted to talk about some uh, basic anime recommendations. And I wanted to talk specifically about one anime that I'm watching called One Piece, which is a uh, bear to get through. But it is, it's been a really fun ride so far uh, as I've experienced the first couple arcs. So let's start like anime recommend, uh, like why anime is so interesting. I think that anime combines the three different medium, like well, not three. Well, I would say three different mediums. It combines uh, kind of the action storytelling of comic books. It combines the the actual like sound design and things like that, uh, that movies and television can. And it, it's very episodic. So it's very much like a TV show. I think that anime has a lot of really has the flexibility of the animation as well. That would be like its other really big co- uh, pro, right? With Because with animation, what's so interesting about animation is that Yes, in some ways it is a very expensive medium. You have to take a lot of time to draw different different characters, uh, draw them in different positions, have to draw backgrounds. There's like a lot that goes into it. But if 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 you have the budget for it and if you do it right, 
you can really well you can cut corners first off <laughs> hiring it out but secondly like you can really just do anything with the story right i mean like you can think of like the most ridiculous situation like or like the most ridiculous pitch for a tv show like hypothetically speaking let's say you pitched a tv show where you wanted like to have a tv show where it's a bunch of different like really cute like small girls but they have the ability to turn into boats. And then those boats are able to attack each other. And it's kind of like this World War II anime where certain boats are like on the ally side, certain boats are on the Axis side. And then they have to transform into like these battle boats to attack each other. Now, what I might have described to you may sound completely ridiculous. And you're just like, wow, that is the stupidest idea for a TV show that I've ever heard for for my entire life. And I would agree with you, except this, that is an anime that actually exists. I don't remember what the name of it is, but I know it exists because I remember asking my friend who had a sticker of this of this attractive female on his bumper car. And I was like, what is that from? And he's like, he told me that it was from a boat battle boat girl anime. And I said, wow, that is the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. So needless to say, there is, there is ridiculous, there's a ridiculous amount of content that you could create just using the form of animation. And there's so many really interesting and unique creative ideas. Um, now, I would say that there is quite a bit of cons to anime. Um, first off, I would say that this is not really a con, but this is just something that you notice. Um, well, there. okay, this might be an actual big con now that I'm thinking about it more. Uh, it's All anime is, uh, a lot of it at least, is Japanese, right? And so with that, you do have a little bit of culture shock in terms of... Um, or like cultural differences that you may not pick up on uh, when you first start watching anime. Um, <laughs> most notably, I'm thinking of like nosebleeds in anime. Uh, <laughs> this might get me uh, not in the children's and, uh, friendly section, but uh, if you ever see a character's nose bleeding in an anime, uh, that means that they have a boner. And the reason why that is, is because it's the blood rushing to the head. I feel like such a child for even laughing at that this sentence but it's true it's it is just i i can't explain why it's funny it just it just is and I it just because maybe it's just because it's so bizarre and it's just such a, such a literal definition of uh of uh what's going on there but i would say that 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 definitely it, it could it could take a while to kind of connect with uh anime in that sense i would also say that um that there's definitely a lot of like weird and sexism in anime that if if you're you know if you're a female watching it it's definitely a little bit of a harder barrier to get into uh, just because of um, because I don't know, like Japanese on the Eastern side of things that it's definitely like it's it's noticeably sexist and a lot of in a lot of the treatment of female characters. Um, there are there are uh, obviously there's a lot of exceptions to that rule, but that is something that you're going to have to deal with uh, eventually if you go down this uh, weeb path. So just giving a warning out to uh, any fellow weebs who are of the uh, female. Um, so yeah, anyway, that was such a, that was so wordly odded, but uh, <laughs> uh, oddly worded. Wow. Okay. Maybe my concussion's coming back. Uh, anyway, uh, another thing uh, that you should know about this podcast too, is that my pop filter for my microphone uh, totally just like dis got destroyed. Like it was breaking pretty badly. Uh, but uh, it officially broke uh, as of today, and I'm just kind of holding the pop filter up <laughs> to my microphone as I'm recording. So that's another fun thing. Also, I don't have glasses on because my allergies are killing me, and I need to uh, I need to squint to see what I'm going to talk about next. But anyway, so next thing I'm talking about is a couple of different anime recommendations for all you noob new weebers out there. Um, I would say. If you want to get into something kind of soft, something that is that kind of represents anime, but also is just kind of a very fun little TV show that you can watch, 
Uh, the one I've seen a lot of is Kaguya, Kaguya Love is War. Um, and I've seen, I've seen it being recommended so much, uh, specifically by Schaefer Ellis, uh, on his YouTube channel. Check him out if you, uh, haven't. But, uh, basically what the premise is of Kaguya Love is War is it's a slice of life high school romance anime. Now, if you're, if you know anything about anime, first thing you need to know is that, uh, slice of life and high school is a very popular genre. Like every other show takes place in high school. There's just a lot of high school protagonists for some reason. It really doesn't make any sense. But anyway, it, it, maybe it's cause I think it, because in Japan, it kind of represents kind of the best time of your life. And so it's very reminiscent and very romanticized in Japanese culture, uh, because like basically once you get out of high school, you're joining the workforce and so or uh, really studying hard for exams. So there's this whole there's this whole thing with that. But anyway, Kagula that talking uh, cultural differences aside, Kagula Love is War is a story about uh, two people. It's about um, let me see. It's about Kagula Kagula Shinomi and about me Miyuki Shinoge. Shinogi, Shinogi, or as I, as I will call him, the president uh, of the school, right? And it's basically just about their love story and why and how much they love each other, but also like neither one of them wants to admit that, and they're playing this weird mental game with one of each with one another. And at times, you could think that it's maybe a little bit of a toxic relationship, but all in all, I would say that it it really the show does a really good job of balancing out both both characters' feelings and explaining. Especially with Kaguya, on Kaguya's side later on, why she feels really apprehensive of admitting uh, to her feelings to uh, the president. And a lot of that has to do with kind of this, this difference in class. Kaguya is very much so, um, very much comes from a richer family. Her father really does, looks uh, down on her. And uh, Sh- Shinobi is uh, from a poor family, but he is, has a ton of ambition, a ton of, ton of pride and passion and that's why he's able to succeed so highly at the at the shoot at the school that they both go, go to but each episode is kind of divided into like four mini segments um for the most part until a little bit later on in the series where each one where uh, they have this narrator who uh if you're if you're going to watch kaguya i think that this is a good anime to watch as far as a dub's concerned because the narrator on the show uh and the dub version of the show is just so so funny like the way that he decides to do it is he basically is like watching it's almost like he's watching the show itself and commenting on it kind of like a react youtuber um and so there's like some scenes where uh there's like one scene in particular that i could think of where the president kind of insinuates that hey you know like we should really help out with this culture festival like it'd be really cool if you and i could just hang out and it's like and it's like he's he right there is like subtly saying the president's subtly saying that he wants to ask Kaguya out and Kaguya just completely misses it. She's like, oh, well, I think the cultural club committee could take care of it. And then all of a sudden, like uh, the the way the narrator narrates this is like he's like, I like the president asks her out. He's like, OK, oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. It's finally happening. It's finally happening. What's she going to say next? And then all of a sudden she's like, oh, I think the cultural club could hang you out. And then all of a sudden he's like. Oh, come on! (laughs) Sorry if I blew out your speakers. But I just, I can't, I can't, I can't quite describe uh, how how crazy and how invested this narrator is in these, like, teen high school lives. It's just so, like, his commentary throughout their battles is just so funny. And their battles are pretty intense. They play, um, there's one episode where they play a game of 20 questions, and Kaguya kind of picks a implies that like her, her question is like uh 
like what she's thinking about is the president and he's trying to figure out like what she's thinking about and trying to figure out if she's like confessing his love to him because he asks like is this something that you, you is this is one of the questions he asks is is this something that you like and she says yes and then he's trying to figure out if she's talking about him or if she's talking about somebody else or and and the way that they animate it is that it starts off as like a basic game of 20 questions, but as it goes further and further, uh, it becomes like this animated like gun battle where each each question repre- is represented by a bullet. And he, like every time he misses, like it's like him missing a shot. And every time he hits, he like knocks off her hat or something. It's it, entirely ridiculous and like taken to like an absurd degree. But again, that is what I love about anime is that you could do like these weird visual representations. And it's something I wish we did a little bit more more in uh, regular television shows. Um, if you're not really a hopeless romantic and you wanted to do something, or maybe you are, but you wanted to, to find something a little bit more serious, um, on Netflix, or not Netflix, on Hulu, let's see. Like, these are both on Hulu right now. Um, on Hulu, there's another show. It's called Spy X Family. And it's probably the biggest show uh, that's coming out of this. Uh, they call it the spring season for because uh, right now it's spring in Japan. So... Uh, they call this the spring season of anime. And uh, what Spy X Family is about is it's like this family drama, um, dramedy. It's more of a comedy, like if I'm being honest. But it's what it's about is it's about this guy. His name is Leon and he's, his code name is Twilight. And he is the world's leading greatest greatest spy of all time. And so what happens is, is that he gets this mission where his next target is a really reclusive, reclusive man. Like nobody's seen him in like the past 20 years, but his son is going to this pre- uh, prestigious high uh, school, like not a high school, but like a, like a, like a, well, I guess it's kind of a high school. Like you start off in this when you're six years old and then you go all the way up through college and pretty much anybody who graduates from those classes be- is guaranteed to have a very successful life. And so his son is going to that. And so his agency decides that, oh, okay, uh, Leon, you need to adopt a, do- a daughter. And so he goes and he adopts maybe the cutest anime character I've ever seen in Anya, who's like this little six-year-old pink-haired girl uh, <laughs> and... Unfortunately, uh, unbeknownst to Leon, uh, she is a telepath and she is able to read people's minds, uh, especially his. And so what this causes is it causes a little bit of tension between the two of them because Anya knows that uh, Leon is a spy. Leon doesn't know that Anya knows. And also Anya doesn't want to tell Leon that she's a telepath because uh, he adopts her from an orphanage and she's afraid that if she tells him that he's going to go back to the orphanage. And so there's like all this kind of weird and wacky tension between the two of them. And then on top of that, because of the school's policy of wanting to talk to both parents, uh, which is kind of ridiculous. Uh, this is like, that's plot like driven uh, nonsense. But uh, because of that, uh, like, he, Leon also needs to find a wife, and he finds a wife in a woman named Yor, who is a spy uh, for a for Leon's like for Leon's like uh, main adversaries, uh, and so and so you have a you have or not she's not a spy she's an assassin for her, like her main like uh, Leon's main adversaries, and so you have this situation where these two people who should be at odds are. Uh, are living in their same household. You have, um, they don't know what their identities are. The only person who knows is their telepathic daughter and the telepathic daughter doesn't want to tell anybody. And so it creates all this weird, like, tension throughout the entire show. Not to mention that yours brother is also part of the secret police who is actively tracking down Leon, uh, codenamed Twilight. And so you get, you get all this stuff mixed up together and then you get the show. And what the show really is about 
is it's about a found family. And it's about how these crazy people are living under the same household and how they have genuine and honest love for one another and how they complement each other, even though they are they couldn't be any, any more different. Like your and Leon's relationship right now is so interesting to me because Yor is an assassin. And so she has a lot of these like really great skills. She's very athletic, but she, her people and her social skills are incredibly, incredibly lacking. Whereas Leon uh, very much knows how to manipulate people. He knows what he needs to say. He knows what he needs to do. He is like the world-class spy. Uh, he does have some fighting skills as well, uh, but he has like, he has a really hard time with Anya and treating her, uh, treating her like the daughter that, uh, that he needs, that he needs, you know, like, like his mission is to kind of use Anya in some ways, but as like the story goes along, he goes closer and closer to her, and they really they they come together as complete strangers. But as the show progresses, they become more and more of a family. And Anya herself, I think, is one of the greatest children I've ever seen written, uh, because she is she's she has like this telepathic ability that would be very useful to her father, like to someone like her father, like an actual spy, but she's just a kid, right? She's has like this very tiny little body. She's not very physical. Um, she doesn't always know how to use her power in the best way. And that creates this really interesting situations. There's, there's one situation where somebody's purse gets stolen and, uh, your ends up like trying to, uh, get, get this person's purse. And then Anya uses her abilities to read the mind of everybody in this crowd uh, as Leon uh, helps out as well. And uh, she ends up finding the person, but she can't tell her father that the per- that she's able to find this person. So what does she do and says? She says, Dad, I'm hungry. And she points at like the near donut shop. And then he ends up catching the eye of the person and they end up taking him down together. And that's how she's kind of able to use her uh, intellect in that way. Like she's a smart character, but she's not like fully emotionally developed, which is why her... Uh, she doesn't feel like an overpowered character in that sense. And I just think I think that if you really are looking for something kind of casual, I'm like recommending like a lot of casual, like like not very dark series uh, to get started with you on your anime adventure, uh, because I feel like that's a good entry point. And I think Spy X Family is like just maybe one of the best found family uh, shows I've ever seen. And so that's why I would recommend it to you uh, as well. Anyway, uh, last thing I want to talk about real quick uh, before before heading out. In, uh, and so I can give my arm some rest here for my pop filter. I want to talk about One Piece. <laughs> now, um, you might have heard of One Piece. Um, this is a really well-known show in the anime community or in like the world at large, because at one point it was, I think it's the third best-selling manga slash comic book of all time. And there's only two two pieces of comic media that have surpassed it. And that would be Batman and Superman. Those are the two comics that have beat them. It takes the number third spot. And the only thing that is that one of the things that it pushed down recently was actually Spider-Man and it's in its run. And so needless to say, One Piece is a really big deal. And as far as like getting into One Piece, uh, it is on Netflix. So you have that uh, added benefit with you. But I would say that it is it is a hard series to get into. And the reason why I got into it is because of I know that it's ending soon, right? And so I know that something's ending. I know I should have hopped on the bandwagon a little bit earlier, but now that I know that there's an ending in sight, it is um, it is a series that I want to watch. Now, why would I say that? Why why would I say knowing that One Piece is ending is like my main motivation for beating it, uh, for like reading it and getting into it or uh, watching it in this case? Uh, I would say that the main reason is is because One Piece has over 1,000 episodes. <laughs> and granted, there are 30 minutes long, but it's been going on 
like the anime show has been going on since the 1990s and i i believe the manga of the same uh name has been going on since then as well and it's just been it has been such a long on long journey and the reason why i'm getting into it and, and that's why i couldn't get into it right it, it felt like too much, right? It felt like it was so daunting. And then every time I would hear about One Piece, I'd be like, oh, yeah. Uh, and Oda, the author, he's only like halfway done, bro. Like, <laughs> this thing's going to go on for another 20 years. And I was just like, and I was just like, man, this it's, it's too much. Like, I can't, I can't, like, dedicate my life to watching One Piece. Like, this is, this is, I, I there needs to be an ending. I think that's, that's probably the reason why I have a, such a hard time getting into, like, mainstream comic books, too. Like, I can't just start reading Superman, you know, like I can't, I can't just like, you know, like I, there's so much history there. I have to go back to like to the 1960s and read like issue number one of Man of Action in order to get all the way caught up to Superman. Like there's no, like there, I know DC has like a bunch of entry points where you can get into Superman, but then I feel like I'm cheating. Like I can't, I can't just hop in on the middle of the series without really knowing. Like I tried, like I, I bought Superman Rebirth recently and then all of a sudden I'm like, that, that comic book starts and you find out that a uh, previous Superman died and that this is a new, new Superman. I'm just like, what the heck's going on? And then all of a sudden he has a kid, which I actually quite enjoyed, actually. Like, Superman with a child is a good idea. But anyway, <laughs> needless to say, uh, all this ranting, I know this is, I know I'm talking about anime and manga. So going back to that, uh, all that to say is that I am watching One Piece now for the first time in my life. Like, I'm actively watching it um, and I am enjoying it quite quite a bit like it is it is becoming it is fast becoming one of my favorite forms of media uh that i've seen in quite some time and the reason why i like it so much uh really comes down to kind of the character writing so what is one piece about i guess i should start with that one piece is about a a world where there's like just a bunch of pirates everywhere and there used to be a man his name was gold d roger or gold rogers as they was called and one and one day gold rogers is executed and he right before he dies gold rogers tells like this crowd of people that he left all of his treasure in one place and uh and anybody and uh he hopes that uh every someday one one person can find it on the grand line and so with that information, like all the pirates in the world set sail to go find what they ca start calling the One Piece. And uh, one of those pirates name is Monkey D. Luffy. Uh, Monkey D. Luffy is one of the funniest and just more straightforward characters I've ever seen in any anime show. And he has he has this magical ability where he his arms and legs and everything is rubber. Like he's basically Mr. Fantastic for all you American viewers watching out there. And he uses his abilities to uh, to. Um, to great effect in some really interesting ways. And what's funny about his abilities too, is that the way he got them is that he ate this thing called a devil fruit. And once you eat a devil fruit, like apparently you for gaining such amazing powers, you also lose the ability to swim. And so another fun way to describe one piece is, it's about a bunch of pirates who can't swim when really it's only monkey D Luffy can't swim. But I do, I do like the, like the fun, the fun visual of that. And what the show is really about, though, like, that's kind of the plot synopsis. What's the theme of the show? The show really, I feel, is about adventure and and friendship. Like, it's it, and how friendship is able to overcome any sort of trauma in your life. You know, again, it's like it's like this found family show almost kind of like Spike's family, I guess, in some ways. And what I'm really enjoying about it is that it's it's very long. I'll give it that. And the first couple of arcs are kind of hard to get through. I would say it takes 
it takes about 20 episodes, I would say, to really get into One Piece. But even then, like, it's still like it's a very fun series to get into. Um, it has like so much heart. And I think the scene that I watched recently that really sold me on why why I like the show is the scene involving one of the characters that uh, Luffy meets uh, named Sanji. Now, in the beginning arcs of One Piece, uh, a lot of it is just kind of Luffy like recruiting his crew, like because it starts off with just him, and then he ends up meeting uh, a swordsman in Zoro, uh, meeting uh, Nami, his navigator, uh, meeting Usopp, uh, his uh, I think he's called the sniper, but really he's just kind of like <laughs> Usopp's kind of there, <laughs> you know, <laughs> for the first couple arcs at least. Um, and uh, then we also, and then we meet uh, Sanji, who's like his chef. And Sanji, his whole backstory was pretty interesting, where he ends up. He's like a chef who will always feed anybody that is hungry. And the reason why that is, is because of uh, when him and his sea captain, um, the head chef, uh, met. Uh, the head chef was actually a sea uh, pirate, and he ended up raiding uh, one of San- uh, Sanji's ship when he was a boy. And unfortunately, the ship completely uh, collapsed in a rainstorm, and both of them ended up on this island that was completely deserted and didn't have any food on it. And so the sea captain uh, ends up giving him a, a small portion of the shares. It's about 10 days worth of food, but he tells him if he rations it out, that he'll have about 20 days or so worth of food. And the sea captain himself has this huge bag that is just that is just completely full. And uh, Sanji asks, well, is that your share? And he's like, yeah, that's my share. But anyway, I want you to go on the other side of the island with this bag of food, and I want you to sit there, don't use any energy, and just tell me if you see a ship. And so at first Sanji's able to like separate out the food. He's able to he's able to make it last 20 days, but eventually the food runs out. So much so that there's a piece of bread uh that's all moldy and disgusting looking and Sanji's just looking at this point he's looking very ill as a small boy, but he's he eats onto this loaf of bread and he ends up dropping it into the ocean unfortunately for him. And so as kind of this last desperate act, he ends up going back over to the sea captain and he sees he sees that the sea captain's bag is still completely full of food. And so Sanji grabs grabs um, a knife uh, that the sea captain had, and he, he basically threatens to kill him for the food. And so the captain says, well, just go ahead and take what you want. And Sanji ends up stabbing the bag. And the only thing that's inside the bag is the treasure from his previous ship. And Sanji comes to the realization that the sea captain didn't, didn't have anything like he, he had absolutely nothing and and it's in that moment that i realized that i loved one piece because the way that that story was set up and the way that everything was brought together was so interesting there's foreshadowing of maybe something darker that might have happened that ended up not happening but just the fact that the captain just the fact that the captain uh was able to sacrifice himself for this little boy and that both of them have like this deep and sacred connection with one another was just it was just fascinating. It really blew me away, and it's a show that's been on since the 1990s. I was expecting it to feel aged. It doesn't, and it just it just feels you know like it, it's it's goofy, it's funny, but it has these moments that just feel so real and so true to the characters, and that's why I really like it. So, um, I guess come aboard, right? <laughs> anyway, I think I'm gonna leave. I think I'm going to leave the episode on that note because I don't know if I can add much more. I could talk about the really funny four kids dub of the animation um, where uh, 
they had this really funny song. I would look it up. It's just, it's so terrible. Like the opening song that they used to have for the four kids dub. But I think I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to leave it. I'm going to leave it right there, uh, even though I brought it up a little bit. Um, if you want to help and support the show, um, you can follow us on Instagram at the story they tell. Uh, there I post a lot of reels. Uh, I have one reel that's going popping off. It's like this Harry Potter reel. I know, like shocker, but it's been really fun creating content for Instagram. Uh, if you want to uh, submit uh, like episode ideas, you can also follow me on Twitter at DavidShire22. I think uh, that's pretty much it. And uh, yeah, tell your story.